Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Canadian Strength Cast. Um, it's been a while, probably haven't done this since uh, mid January. So it's been about a month. Um, I mean, we've been trying to reopen our business, our hockey school, and our gym uh, since the reopening. So we've kind of been focusing on that. Derek's been working like a dog on the renovations. Um, but we just concluded the COVID Strongman Games which I think were a pretty good success. Um, And then if you guys have been following along with our CSS Strength Events Instagram page, you kind of know all the dealings with that. Um, And this kind of leads us now into the CASA uh, Provincial Qualifier, which will be a strongman total of a squat, uh, axle clean and jerk, and deadlift. So we're kind of going to talk a little bit about that. Ways kind of like get some tips on how to um, improve your squat for that. And then we will be releasing a uh, 10-week squat protocol to up your squat uh, in preparation for the strongman total. Um, and then, so obviously Derek is here. He's going to kind of talk a little bit about the um, strongman total and what it entails. Just looking at his Smurf hands. <laughs> yeah, Smurf hands. My hands are blue. I had to stick them in the toilet. So, uh, yeah. So, COVID games are done, so it's time to shift focus to the CASA strongman total. Um, a lot of the a lot of the athletes that competed in the COVID games are doing the CASA, and uh, so I think it's a perfect transition for us to just kind of talk about like we're ten weeks out. I think it's it's a decent amount of time where you can kind of dial in more technique than you can really get stronger. Like I don't know how much stronger you can get in your squat in a ten week period, but. Uh, especially for strongmen, because strongmen, we do not like to squat to parallel or below parallel. Well, I, I think like, I mean, it's w- kind of weird to have a full range squat in a strongman competition, but it's also like, this is something new and it's, I mean, strongman's all about like different exercises. So I think, um, this will, uh, challenge a lot of people because yeah strongman I, I don't know any strongman that really focuses on the depth of their squat they don't squat very often so i think this will be a huge part for people to improve on especially if you don't do it often in the next 10 weeks yeah you won't get super strong but your squat will go up simply because of your technique and you're training it more often or at least you should be now yeah for sure 100 percent. and uh like i think for the most part a lot of strongmen will use the squat more as an accessory or an assistance to build the deadlift like the deadlift and the overhead press are king in strongman but in strength sports like whether we want to believe it or not fucking squat is king like that's it uh so if you can't squat you're not going to be able to develop your overall strength so i i like the fact that there's a full range of like full range of motion squat i mean doing it online is a below depth it's going to be i'm like i'm glad i'm not judging this because it's going to be tough um but it's gonna be fun like i'm pumped yeah i think it'll really like it'll really separate like the athletic strongmen from like the strongmen that like basically just focus on pulling and pressing um i kind of just want to go over the rules a little bit just so it kind of like helps us um so the video must be uncut from like beginning to end kind of like how our COVID uh, games were. Um, so showing um, athlete weigh in, 
weighing the plates, the barbell, and the full squat attempt all in one video. And it must you must show that you're not wearing a suit or briefs. Is, does that mean neoprene? Neoprene's good. You're allowed to wear. You're, you're allowed yeah. to use neoprene. Um, and then you show the like all you show the barbell cap. Unlabeled plates must be weighed. Um, a barbell must be used, like not an axle bar or a safety bar, a safety bar. <laughs> or <a> spider bar. <laughs> um, a uh, you can use monolift. Um, no commands are necessary. Uh, control of the squat once at the top, and then hip crease below the knee, which will be tough, especially for a bigger dude. Like it's gonna be tough to judge. And they say like um, singlet is preferred, but if you wear baggy shorts or pants, and it it might not you might not be able to show that you're to death yeah. even though you are but i guess you can wear it but it's just like at your own risk i guess basically yeah you want to do it you can do it but they're giving you a warning that unless it's an obvious below parallel squat and pants they're gonna know rep you which i like and like yeah yeah i mean that's why like powerlifting and weightlifting you have singlets um and then you can wear knee wraps or knee sleeves or wrist wraps for any of them. Um, and then you can put wraps over top of your knees. Is there any rules for that? There, listen, the, the rule is ask forgiveness, not permission. If, I love that rule. If it's not in the rules that you can't do it, you know guys are going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but that I think that brings us to like... How you train? How you train. Yeah. Like So yeah. wraps help and sleeves help tremendously. Like wraps the most. I mean, I love squatting heavy in our Odin triple ply sleeves. Like I find those better than wraps. Like you don't have to take them off, put them back on. Um, I get way more spring out of the hole from those than I would, than I have any other wrap. Um, so if anyone's looking to boost their squat up short term, get them while they're hot. Um, and then if you are going to use like wraps or something, like, I mean, ease into it. Maybe like start when you start squatting often, you don't use them and then use them like halfway through your training to kind of like get used to them and then like get that added strength benefit. But like, I mean, if you use wraps right away and your squats going up, it's going to take a lot out of you. If you keep trying to make like 10, 20 pound jumps every week in your squat, you're going to hit a wall sometime. Yeah. So like we said, like 10 week, you're not going to get a lot stronger. So like in terms of what can we do over the next 10 weeks to get the most out of our squat? Uh, yeah, you're allowed to use wraps. So I think that's, to me, that's obvious. Number one, having said that, if you're somebody who has never squatted in wraps before, just throwing your wraps on and expecting yourself to jump 55 pounds to 60 pounds in your, in your squat, it's not going to happen because anybody who's used wraps before, number one, there's technique to wrapping your knee. You need to know how to do that. Um, I suggest there's a really good video on elite FTS, Dave Tate, uh, talks about how to wrap a knee like I've watched that that's a that's a really good one for people who don't know how to use wraps but second of all if you've never used wraps and you throw them on and say maybe you got 85 to 95 percent on your back and you throw it you, those wraps are going to put you out of position and the chances of you getting that lift or possibly getting hurt dramatically change so like Dave was saying is you can't just they're not a magic pill uh I would suggest if you're going to max out your squat, practice, practice in the wraps. But I, I think Dave's right where it's like, you don't throw them on 10 weeks, spend the next 10 weeks only squatting in wraps and then going and doing your one rep max, like kind of ease into it. And I'd say the majority, like I know for myself, the majority of my squat training will be without wraps. And especially 
especially 10 weeks out. Like I'm not going to throw them on 10 weeks out, train with them for the next 10 weeks because I want to use them on like game day as like, okay, like here's my equipment that's going to give me the little bit of a bump that I need to be competitive, which is still very unlikely. Um, but it's not something I'm going to train with 10 weeks and every day. Every like day. If you have like two or three squat sessions, it's not like every squat session is going to be with reps. It might be like you do your heavy triple or you do your, your heavy single in the reps and then you do your back offsets without them or you do your like low to moderate volume and intensity day without them or something to still build up that tissue because that's still important. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of the squat king around here. You like, you like to tell everybody that. That's right. But I, I think like another thing too, guys should really pay attention to is maybe uh, like their stance. Yeah. So for you, like what, what are you, what would you suggest as a strength coach in terms of these guys that now have to hit below parallel depth? How would you go about telling them to kind of, you know, tinker with that? Um, in, in terms of their stance, it's so individual that like, it's hard to say, but like, let's use, let's use you for an example. Like when you squat traditionally, you kind of, you are right at that line. Like of like, is it a full, is it hip crease past your knee or not? Most of the time it is, but if you're using wraps maybe, and you're using like neoprene shorts, it might like cut it short. So if you're someone who cuts it short and you're a little bit wider, uh, maybe bring your stance in, use a heel, like use weightlifting shoes. Like that's what they're for. They're for, they allow you to get a little bit deeper. So I think that would, that would help. Um, and also like you also have to just look at yourself and see how you squat traditionally. If, if you're a little bit wider and you have no problem going down, like if you're a big dude, yeah, you might have to squat a little wider. If you're smaller, um, and you are comfortable with a narrow squat, you have good ankle mobility. Yeah. Like a little bit narrow will help you. You have to kind of look at your strengths and weaknesses. Like a quad dominant athlete will squat narrower. A posterior chain dominant athlete will squat wider. Um, so you kind of have to see what kind of athlete you are. Um, and then that also goes into an account, like your programming. Like if you're such a posterior chain dominant athlete, which most strong men are, then you need to squat a little more often and focus on your quads because that's what's going to help you get that deep range of motion. If you focus so much on your posterior chain and you're pushing your hips back, that's going to limit how deep you, you can get your hips, right? You want them to go straight down. You need to make sure that your hip crease goes below your knees. So the best way to do that is with a little more vertical torso, your knees going forward a little bit more. And when that happens, you're going to have to use your quads. So that I would say is the biggest thing for most strongmen is building up the quads and making sure that their knees are going forward so that they can get deeper. Yeah. And I think knees tracking forward, definitely going to help hit that, hit that depth. Yeah. And, 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 and using, that's where the squat shoes are going to help. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys, like a lot of, I don't know. A lot of guys use them for like their presses. Actually, I find a lot of strongmen don't use them for their presses, oh, really? which kind of confuses me because... I love them for pressing. They're so solid, and they're, they're, yes. that heel lift lets you stay vertical. Absolutely, yes. The stability you get out of it is is unbelievable. Um, but for those of you guys that are squatting in chucks, like I know it's cool to say I wear chucks to squat, but I would suggest if depth is even an issue at all for you, put on a squat shoe. And like in this situation, in like a powerlifting meet, there's a judge at every side, right? Yeah, okay. Like you're like oh, I always just make it there. That's fine, but if you're doing it on video, you might be wearing pants if you don't have a singlet or, or something. 
do you really want to leave it up to someone watching a video and being like, oh, that might be it. Like, don't, it's, it's like, I think that's a saying like UFC, like don't leave it up to the judge. Like, don't, don't let him be like, ah, like kind of guess, just bury your squat as deep as you can. Don't let them second guess it or don't let them like hum and haw about it. It should be a full squat or it's not. So I forgot what you were talking about. I went, I talked about <laughs> UFC. I don't know why I didn't watch UFC. The, the, one, the one thing, and I learned this from, I learned this from doing the judging for the COVID games is anything that's anything that is benefit of the doubt you're probably not going to get on video because what the judge is now able to do is go back and rewatch Rewind, it yeah you can watch it you can stop it you can slow it down where in in anybody who's done a powerlifting meet it's you're seeing it live in person one-time view right and you're going off your first instinct well tie goes to the runner tie goes to the runner yeah and this baseball, it's, it's if, pre- it, if it's close like the judges have the ability to go back and rewatch it slow it down so like bury that squat like literally so <laughs> strongmen are going to have a hard time bearing very that hard time so f- what would you suggest in terms of programming over the next 10 weeks that will help these guys make sure that this squad gets like white lighted without a doubt no problem um just let that bottom position be your home for the next 10 weeks um do that in whatever way you can like warm up with goblet squats all the way down just pause and pause with the like on your sets maybe have you have like a isometric day where you pause at the bottom of the squat you need to get used to that bottom position everyone's it's going to be foreign to them at, at least for the first little bit but get used to it because you have to be there in order for it to pass so i would probably warm up every squat day with goblet squats and make that's the easiest way to get low but warm up every day with goblet squats, get as low as you can. Um, train at least once a week with like a pause at the bottom with a barbell on your back, whether it's like your top set or whether it's your back offsets or whether it's like um, um, a moderate and low intensity day and you're just practicing the movement, like make sure that you own that bottom position. That'd be the big, like numero uno is just pause that squat at the bottom and get used to it you don't have to pause for the competition but it just increases your time there in the bottom of the squat yeah you're basically programming your brain to understand that range of motion yeah and, and just getting used to it right yeah and, and we're all gonna have to take a step back like anybody like you said i flirt with that line right and my joke for the last three years was when you guys called me out in the gym is I'm not a fucking powerlifter. I don't need to bury my squat. Go fuck yourselves. Well, now well, fuck who's me. laughing now? Now, now I'm looking like a fucking asshole. So for me, the first thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to kind of reprogram that movement pattern in my brain, and I'm going to have to bury this fucking squat. So am I going to be able to do that at 90% first day? Probably not. Hell no. Yeah. So like I gotta, you got to check the ego at the door. Make sure go back, even if it's 70%, and hit that bottom position you're going to have to take a step back if you want to take two steps forward. And I guess that kind of brings us into programming. So, I mean, there's a few ways to look at it. And it, again, depends on what kind of lifter you are. If you're someone with a terrible squat, like if 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 you're squatting like 80, 85% of your deadlift, then, I mean, it also depends how strong you are. Like, I mean, if you're squatting 600 and you're deadlifting 800, then that's still a lot of weight for you to do. But... Um, you can, the, the squat will now help your deadlift, first of all. Um, and then you still have a lot of strength reserve there, right? So 
I mean, my go-to program, if I ever want to increase my squat is squat every day. And you can do this. Like there's lots of different programs like that out there, but I basically squat to a maximum every single day. And I cycle through back squat, front squat, pauses and three rep maxes and five rep maxes. That's how you, you change the intensity of the workout. So obviously a five rep max would be a lot lighter than a one rep max. Like you do a five rep max front squat to be a lot lighter than a one rep max back squat. Um, and that just gets you used to the, the movement, right? Like it, it's not going to make you super strong, but it's going to get you better at squatting, which is what the purpose is right now, just to get better at squatting, especially in the bottom position. Yeah, and that's what we said right at the beginning: is ten weeks. You you can't get you can't get significantly stronger in ten weeks. What you can do in ten weeks is dial in that movement, get better at squatting, and you can probably add twenty to thirty five pounds in that squat over that time. It, it's just it's not enough time. If it's Eight months, yeah, you can get significantly stronger in that time, but 10 weeks is very short. Yeah, and like, so if, if you have a sh- big deadlift and a bad squat, then that's kind of the program I would say for you is like you can squat more often because it's not going to be as heavy as you're used to with your heavy deadlifts. It's relatively light for you, but it'll make a big improvement on your squat number, right? Um, so that's one. Um, and, and also like what I like about that is like you go to a heavy single, you don't go to like a one rep max, you're not going to PR every day, but it's self-regulating in terms of like, okay, so my heavy singles 85% that day, that's like, okay, so then you might hover around the 80, 85% for a couple of days. And that's kind of like your deload. And then you kind of ramp back up. Right. So it kind of like auto regulates that way. Um, and then someone who might be like a little bit stronger, I would kind of do like a Texas method ish. I was, I was going to say like some of us general population people, not like you who your sport is basically squatting. <laughs> yeah. Can't do squat every day. Like, no. There's no way. There's no way I, me as an athlete could come and do the squat every day program. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that. Like I usually squat three or four times a week anyways. Right. Yeah. So everybody you, knows you're an Olympic lifter. So yeah. Like what's your best back squat? Five Oh six. Five Oh six. Like five Oh six for My Olympic deadlift is 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Best five Oh six for an Olympic weightlifter in your weight class is very good. Like th- that's very high. Yeah. And maybe Ontario. Well, yeah. Noah Santavi, we, he's what, pushing 360. <laughs> he just PR 210. He just hit a PR, but he also PR to snatch 150. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so let's say you only squat once a week or once every two weeks, which is some strong man. If you just increase the amount of times you squat and you make sure it's full range, that will be a huge benefit too. Like the frequency is the most important thing. So you don't have to do squat every day, but instead of squatting once a week or once every two weeks, maybe you squat now twice a week, right? You have a high intensity day and a low intensity, high volume day, right? Um, that kind of like bleeds into the Texas method, um, which I, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I know that the Texas method has always been the best tool for me to build my squad. If I had to pick a squad. Yeah. I and mean, you it, kind of introduced me to that. Yeah. And it's quick because, it, and, and that also does this auto regulate auto regulating for yourself. So basically you go to a five rep max and then your next squat day is you do 90%. Yeah. So let's simplify. Let's say, let's say Monday is squat day number one. Yeah. So the Monday you would hit You'd start with a conservative five rep max. Yeah. So let's use round numbers. We'll say 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. You hit a five rep max on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Then your second squat day would be 90%. Would be 90%. Yeah. Five by five. Five by five. So, so you say s- that's a Thursday or. Yeah. It'd be Thursday. Whenever you would squat next, which would 
if you squat Monday, it'd probably be Thursday. But, um, and then, so your second squat day is always determined by your first day's percentage. So your five by five is at 90% of your five rep max. So the relative intensity is the important part because ideally you increase your five rep max every week. So then your five by five is now increasing. But let's say you have a shit day and like you, and it kind of auto-regulates in terms of like, okay, so I don't, you increase your five rep max by five to 10 pounds every week. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't think I can squat much more than this for five. That is now your five rep max. And let's say you did 430 last week and now you're doing 390. Now you go off of 390 for your five by five. So that would kind of count as like your deload week right? You can plan a deload week or you can just go off of feel. I like to go off of feel because sometimes, I mean, you might plan for a deload week, but you feel super good and then you can hit a personal record or you can like maybe increase your five rent max a little bit. Um, and then from there, usually after that auto deload week, I like to kind of take off reps and I go to threes and then eventually I go to singles. Yeah. So, so basically my plan for this is exactly what you said is five rep max on Mondays for three weeks with my five by five on Thursdays for three weeks. And then after three weeks, I'll switch to three and do that for three more weeks, take a deload. So now I'm two weeks out and now just probably not hit anything higher than about 75% for singles. Yeah. And then just give her. Yeah. And like, ideally those five rep max and three rep maxes will, um, I mean, your first week may not be a personal best, but well, you don't want it to either. No, yeah, yeah. The worst thing you can do is day one, first week, pull your load too early, hit a legit five rep max because then you have no way to kind of beat that the next week. Yeah, yeah. you want to kind of keep building not only the intensity of the squat but also the volume of the squat throughout the ten weeks to to hit a heavy single at the end of April. Yeah, and. Um, and the, if you do like PR your five rep max and your three rep max, which would be great, then your your estimated one rep max would increase. And it's just estimated, but I mean, it sets yourself up for a good new PR single um, by the end of the program. Um, and then like, I think something that's kind of unutilized and maybe like this population might, it might be okay, it may not be, but like linear progression. Like if you just do straight up linear progression for 10 weeks, you would need at least probably one, maybe two deloads, depending on how you do it, right? Like, so would, that's a question I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of guys ask me. So, some someone asked me, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on five three one. Five three one takes so long I know, to actually I know. I know. make you better. And this is what I said. I said five three one is an unbelievably great program. Yeah, not for ten weeks. It's no. great for like twenty four months. Yeah, like it's an unbelievable long term strength gaining. Um, but the question was, should I just skip the deload weeks? I'm not, I, listen, I know how hard it is, especially for newer athletes, like newer and, people. And especially strongman. Strongman don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, like, and I had the same mentality when I was younger. Now I'm getting older. Yeah. But the deload weeks, you need them. You need them long-term, You, but you also need to recover your, like your CNS. You need your joints to recover because remember, you're still building to a maximum three lift in 10 weeks. And if you kind of like avoid those deload weeks and i know how hard it is to take a deload week because i'm miserable when i'm deloading deload weeks are the hardest weeks but the week after deload week you feel the best is rocket fuel yeah yeah so anybody who's looking at a program or 
has a template that they're following, if there's a template that has a deload week in it, don't skip that deload week. Like I, it'll be tough. It'll be hard. It doesn't mean you, you don't go to the gym. Like go to the gym and you know just have some fun. Do or, some stuff that's some different. Or like or yeah. hit some light intensity yeah. stuff, some light volume stuff. Um, so practice the movements. Yeah, practice the movement patterns, but just, just faster, better positions. Yeah, just make sure you're not hitting something that's going to tax you. Or like a deload could even be like 80% for a single. 80% is still, you're not going to lose strength when you do 80%, but maybe you do two singles instead of like a three by three that you might do, right? Like the volume is less, but you still have that relatively high intensity. That's, you're not going to get weaker from that. I'm not going to lie. Me walking in and hitting a five rep max is like a deload for me. After doing those five by fives, oh yeah, like five by five, there might the only thing more miserable in this earth than five by five is six by six, off like a small off junior. Which anybody who's been looking into a small off junior squat program, uh, don't do it. Like honest to God, the small off junior is an is a great program, but the chances of you getting injured over the next ten weeks are like super super high. I've done small off junior twice and twice. I've been put on the shelf. <laughs> One thing that like it incorporates a lot of front squats, but the hatch squat program, it's like basically squatting twice a week. You do back, like your back squat sets and then you do your front squat sets is that, after. Is hatch where you back squat, front squat same day? Yeah. And then I've so never, not, you never back squat one. first, then you front squat after. So that might be helpful for people who that front squat might help them get that bottom position a little bit better, but it's also relatively high volume. Like you do a lot of sets throughout your workout. And if you want to focus on other things as well, like, I mean, if you're trying to do like axle clean and jerks as well, and like maybe still work on your deadlift, that might tax you quite a bit. It's a lot of squat. I was going to say the one thing that we're forgetting about, and the reason we're, we're really talking about the squat and we talk about this, like, um, ourselves, I don't know if we actually said it on this episode, but if your squat goes up, your deadlift is going to go up. And if your squat goes up, your ability to overhead press is probably going to go up. So for strong men, like that vertical they, force, a vertical force. Yeah. So for strong men, like the one thing that maybe the majority of us, not all of us, um, what am I? I probably don't squat very often. Yeah. We, yeah. Not very good squatters. Squat. You might squat a lot of weight, but it might not be to the requirements that are needed right now for this specific competition. And relative to your back squat, it, uh, sorry. And in relative to your deadlift, it's, it's not high. Like, I mean, it's it's the sport of strongman where you, you 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 have such a high deadlift. The deadlift is a priority. In yes, hundred percent. Picking up shit off the ground. It's always in front of you. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I understand that. But like, if I were to like build a well balanced athlete, their back squat and their deadlift would be the same. It, but this well balanced athlete would not be a strongman. Strongman needs a very strong posterior chain, so that's why they all have strong deadlifts compared to their back squat, which is okay. But yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in terms of the axle and the overhead press, because I, th- I think this is something, this is what I'm looking forward to most is the axle because yeah. this is where I, like this is, static strength isn't my jam, people. Mm-hmm. It's, I like Explosive. moving, I'm fast, I got quick feet, I'm athletic. Like, yeah, my deadlift <laughs> you're, you're is- You're basically an athletic specimen. <laughs> I'm basically a weak athletic specimen. Uh, but that, so for those of the guys out there that are gonna, are gonna, have to clean and jerk in the same week that they do this. What is, is it all in one week or is it all in? Well, you have from April, I want to say April 3rd to April 30th to do three, all three. Oh shit. If you weigh in, so the rules that if you have to do a virtual weigh in, uh, you have 24 hours or you can weigh in on every single video. So basically like if you have to cut weight 
you're you want to do all you're going to cut weight one time you're yeah. going to do all three yeah. for me i'm a guy who's nowhere near the weight limit so i'm i have the ability to kind of plan my maxes out separate weeks but the clean and jerk with the axle to me how can i use this squat to build that axle clean and jerk because that's another thing that guys might there might just be thinking about the deadlift and the squat but building your squat is going to help you put weight over your head yeah i mean especially if you have to squat to depth and so in order to do that you're going to either have to track forward you're going to build your quads that's more that's going to help you with your your vertical force like your vertical power right like squat is straight up and down um deadlift is more of a hinge and when you do your your axle jerk like or your press or whatever the biggest thing i think like something that is like very i mean like we talk about this all the time that strong men need to learn how to put push jerk and split jerk and push press way better because we ha- you have these athletes with these enormous strict presses and these enormous leg strength but then they're they're strict pressing logs or they're barely using their legs on a push press on a log or axle and like if they were to learn how to harness that like that strength in their legs and be able to apply very linear vertical force their log and their axle presses and any press overhead with the push push press or push jerk would just go through the roof yeah like i use like insane an athlete that trains like my training partner for example is he's got a 240 pound strict press and the most he's ever put over his head is 245 pounds with a push press like he's only gaining five pounds out of using his legs like, yeah and then like i mean i'm i don't train strongman but my best strict press is 185 pounds and my best push press is 286 pounds so i get a hundred and a hundred and six pounds 100 no it'd be 101 oh you said 185 yeah it was so low i stopped listening <laughs> 101 pounds from just my legs like if like you should be able to push that bar from from your shoulders to like an Above inch your head. an inch or two out like before your lockout from, from just your legs your arms don't really do anything until that lockout right so i think that's another underutilized thing and basically it's just positioning and learning how to dip and drive way better for for strongman athletes um, i know like the bars are different like with a log and an axle it brings your center of gravity out forward but i think that just requires more technique too like making sure that you're your center of gravity is over top of your midfoot for the entire dip and drive um and then if you want to utilize a push jerk or split jerk style that would only help because then it just reduces the amount the height you need to push the bar right the push jerk you come underneath it so you don't have to push it up as high same with the split jerk whereas a push press you need to push the bar all the way up till your arms are extended right yeah it's very it's a very athletic movement you see a lot of the weight class athletes utilizing push jerks, split jerks, where some of the heavier guys. I mean, I understand it is harder, like for them to like move their body mass and whatever they're holding above their head. That's very fucking strong. Like yeah, like those guys can fucking push. But you see, like a guy like go back to like if we want to kind of look on the pro, not no, no. <laughs> look at pros because everybody knows them. It's like yeah. Rob Kearney's five foot eleven, two hundred eighty yeah. pounds. He's gonna log 500 pounds one day, and he does it with a with a split jerk. Yeah, but that's that's not an accident, right? It's not like, an accident. He's practice, 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 practice. Yeah, right? he's he's a really good athlete. Exactly. Yeah, and like I mean, it does require a lot of strength to to press what those guys press. But like, 
if the guy's hitting the world record with a split jerk, then like, I mean, maybe not for the big guys that might not be as advantageous for them, but maybe for the lighter guys that are a little more athletic, a little quicker, that'll help them sneak under a bar a little bit better. Yeah. And for me, like knowing in terms of where my total could be with these three lifts, I'm going to have to try and make up as much on the axle as I possibly can. And I'm not going to be able to do that by using a push press. Like I have a decent push press, but there's no way that I'm going to push press 315 plus in 10 weeks. Just not going to happen. So for me, if I want to be competitive and make up what I'm going to lose on my deadlift, which is going to be quite a bit, I'm going to have to fucking dial in this split jerk. That's just the way it is. Now, whether that's what someone called it beta said alpha was, it was more alpha to strict press or push press. And I said, no, it's more alpha to win. Yeah. Uh, you got to do what you got to do and you got to know yourself. And that also goes back to like kind of the topic of what we're talking about is peaking this squat is the stuff that we talked about. You have to know yourself like, and what's going to work for you squat every day. is not going to work for me. Texas no. method is going to work for me yeah. for Dave. If Dave wants to peak his squat squat every day worked really, really well for him. Yeah, I think my squat went up 40 pounds in 50 days. That's a lot. Which is a lot. It's just lot. under a pound a day. I mean, I, it's not like I went up one pound every day, but like one day I'd hit a five kilo PR and then like after a week or so, it'd be another five kilo. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you got to know yourself too. There's lots of ways to, to have success with this. Like I think um, all of my athletes, I'm putting them on a rotating linear for the next 10 weeks. Um, I just don't think, I don't think we can put them on a squat every day. And I don't know if we want the intensity of a Texas method because we do like we have to spend a lot of time working on their axle cleaning jerks yeah. so putting them on a texas method with that much intensity might and hurt. like it also depends like all of this stuff also depends on like your day-to-day activities are you do you work a laborious job how often are you able to get to the gym what's your home life like right do you have a newborn baby do you like i don't know do you have to get up at 5 a.m to go to work and then you come home at 6 p.m like those are also factors that play into this right um so let's talk about like how like people are probably wanting to hit prs leading into this competition like hit prs in the competition people the important thing is to hit a Comp- is to hit the comp- a PR in a competition. You need to be a game day athlete. No one gives a fuck what you hit in the gym. Yes, it's it's fun. And maybe mentally you might be like, okay, I'm ready for this. But if you miss a squat, if you miss a lift in the gym, that will fuck with you mentally in that competition. You'll be like, oh, I don't know if I can hit that. I don't know. Like, like you know who hits between gym the PRs? You know who cares about gym PRs? Listen thing. to me. This is funny. You know who hits gym PRs? Mental midgets. Mental fucking midgets. I don't know. Am I? I don't know if I am or not. But if you're hitting PRs in the gym and then two weeks later in competition missing them, it's because you're a mentally weak. Yeah. Like you can't convince me otherwise of that. Yeah. Hit your PRs on game day. Do it in battle, and like save those big moments for when they count. Yeah. Like for Mason, you we we know Mason. Mason McQuillan, Irish Irish Dunville boy, about five foot three, hundred and four. He's pounds. a jolly good lad. Yeah, guy's on the front of a Lucky Charms <laughs> cereal box. He sent me videos yesterday of him doing squat singles, 
and I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Like, he's like, oh, I just wanted to kind of see where I was starting. I'm like, okay, you're 10 weeks out. I'm like, don't do that again. Yeah. I mean, like to see where you're at 10 to 12 to 10 weeks out is okay. I mean, it's also like you could use the RPE. That was an eight out of 10. And you know what? It was like, uh, it was my max or it was just above my max or just below. So like, that's okay. But like, I mean, you should maybe do like a couple heavy singles, like three weeks out, like or two weeks like two weeks out maybe is your last like heavy single back squat i would say don't maybe go for a one rep max unless it's like you're with the coach and he's like yeah it's looking good right like there's there's a lot of factors that go into it but like at the end of the day like you need to perform on that day right like we're gonna spend 10 weeks building to this competition and then you're gonna hit your best squats two weeks before week eight. yeah like that yeah. makes no sense yeah or, or you miss it and then you're mind fucked after it because you that that weight now owns your brain rent oh. free. Yeah, just making white picket fences. Rent I don't know. <laughs> it's like that weight made love to your to your girlfriend and now everyone knows it. I feel like you're fighting demons right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your head right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say like maybe like the last like definitely don't deadlift heavy for the last two or three weeks like yeah the deadlift takes the deadlift affects your central nervous system a lot more than the squat like we would never could you imagine somebody we're gonna put you on that's the deadlift everyday program like (laughs) fuck you would be dead you'd be be paralyzed the trap bar deadlift i was roasted for probably a week and a half like every joint in my body hurt and i felt like i couldn't get out of bed but you never trap bar deadlift either no you just Decided to do a one rep max trap bar deadlift for an online competition. Yeah. <laughs> Without practicing. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we should cover? No, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. I think like anybody. Yeah. So I think we'll be releasing a squat protocol for 10 weeks. Are we going to do an axle bar? Maybe we'll post videos on how to like make them better. Like your, I think I think that Axel is sh- so lawyer secrets. Well, the Axel I think is so technical. Yeah. Right. So if, like I I know like the way that we would teach it, if we put videos out, it would be too, like it'd be too technical for somebody to learn in ten weeks, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to do like a f- full clean. And like I mean, like the only reason our we I say ours is super tight is because you're primarily a Olympic weightlifting coach. And I primarily, when I put the bar over my head, use Olympic lifting variations. Very hard to learn that in 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We could show people how, how we do it, how we run our shit. Well, maybe we should win something before we run our shit. That's true. Yeah. Someone needs to win something. We'll let Taylor do that. <laughs> um, well, well I, I think we'll have Taylor on our next podcast. And we have some good stuff um, to talk about with her some announcements and she is strong as shit and i'm very excited to have her come on because she's done a, accomplished a lot and she's just, how old is she i don't know how old she's 24 25 yeah well she she's accomplished a lot without without specializing like yeah. she she plays pro hockey yeah she hockey for team canada she yeah she's she amazes me every day and what she can do in the gym and now i think i just now convinced her to say hey i'm gonna compete in strongman rather than I'm just going to be strong in every strength sport and just be okay at it. Yeah. She's better than okay at it. But I think now I think she's, I think I convinced her like, Hey, let's, let's see what you can do in this thing. Um, okay. So I, 
I think that's it. Um, so keep an eye out for our 10-week squat protocol, which will lead up to CASA. Well, the, the protocol will come out before this drops. So if you're listening to this okay. and you want the 10-week program, uh, just fire fire me or Dave a message on Instagram, and we can yeah. flip that over to you. Yep. And then... Um, yeah, so we'll and then we'll hopefully start banging more of these podcasts out. Um, We're definitely gonna start banging though. <laughs> um, you can subscribe to our OnlyFans, <laughs> CSS, CSS OnlyFans <laughs> butt plugs. Um, well, since like COVID restrictions are loosening up, we can maybe have some more people come in or go see some more people. Um, but we appreciate the support. Uh, the COVID strongman games are were great. Everyone loved them, and I'm really happy for everyone's participation. So thank you guys. Have we sent out all the packages yet? Because our liquid chalk did get here super late. It got lost in the mail. We got it now. So it was, the liquid chalk was a was an issue, but then the liquid chalk came in before I got the fixed shirts because they screwed up on a bunch of the shirts. So I had to get those redone. Okay. So I now have everything and I I'm, think I've sent everything except uh, some of the winners. We, we, we just waited to guys, send the yeah, guys that were winning or like I thought were in the podium, I kind of held off um, just so, so that way I could put their pri- their physical prizes in with the same shipment because yeah, whoever came up with this competition really fucked up. And well, like we didn't forgot. take an account shipping, guys. <laughs> no okay, shipping especially for people that were overseas and in the states. Holy fuck! We did not account for the shipping in our um, budget. Budget. Um, we didn't charge anyone shipping for anything, which is okay. But then we're like, oh, we're gonna send everyone. I think we we. Decided on a price and everything, but and like had it like people sign up before we even knew we were gonna send a care package or how or well, even like well we decided on the shirts like so it was like sixty five dollars to sign up we're like okay so if if we get shirts and we send masks and then we'll throw some other stuff in I think was the exact yeah exact <laughs> we'll find some stuff <laughs> we'll find some stuff we'll throw it in and uh, like it'll be like fifteen bucks so it's like okay so we'll make like fifty bucks a person well then the care package ended up being about twenty bucks like a person. And then shipping was minimum fifteen bucks a person. Oh, minimum! And if they're overseas, it's like and overseas and tons of Americans. Yeah. And then it was like, wow, this is a cool competition. It only cost us eight hundred bucks <laughs> per person. Per person. And then like our sponsors started saying, so like our packages started getting bigger, right? Yeah. Especially for the winners, and then like with the bigger the packages, the more. I mean, that's all like whatever. But it just like it was hilarious how like we're like. Oh, we're getting guys from the UK. It's gonna be more expensive to ship it to them. I remember, I remember sending you a text. I'm like, dude. I'm like, we got guys from the UK doing this. I'm like, this is awesome. You're like, holy fuck, what's shipping gonna cost to the UK? I'm like, fuck, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so this is one of those. We always talk about how I'm off the cuff, spur of the moment, get it done in ten minutes. And like, usually you're my buffer for. Like, hey, did you think of this? And I'm like, I think I did say when people started signing up, I was like, I don't think we accounted for the shipping. Yeah, but by then and we then, were in. Like, but then, like, it was like U.S. and U.K. And yeah, I was like, well, it's too late now. Too fucking late now. <laughs> and I think people from the U.K. and the states didn't pay Canadian tax. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't that's know. your. That's your. That's your side. I don't I don't know. Know. We. I mean, I'm whatever. Idea it was you're, fun. You're it was numbers fun. guy. I'm the I don't idea guy. care. It was fun to do. All right. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, so we'll talk to you soon. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.